on maynard.com.au. AU! And now, live and direct from very near where Maynard parked his V-Dub last night... Uh-oh! It's Sunday afternoon fever. Already? It's the radio show for the 90s, three years late. So get down in your underpants and pray to the church of the funky chicken. Look out! And stay Velcro to your radio for the next four hours. Look out! It's Sunday afternoon fever. On this Sunday, we've got lots of stuff coming your way. We're talking to Mrs Sinatra and you can ask her questions. Kate Soprano, Anthony Morgan and lots, lots more.
wander round this mind amidst the ruins of a lonely child. I used to think I talked with spirits, now I think I talk with crooks. And I wonder if I ever did anything good at all, ever. Raindrop from Things of Stone and Wood. Hiya, Maynard here. Thanks to Michael Tun for grooving away for the last four hours or so. He works so hard. He gets into a sweat. His face goes red. 
Gonna go home and have a big lie down with who we don't know. So let's talk about Mrs. Sinatra. You got the wrong Sinatra. We've been trying to ring her because we're going to try and do what we did last week. We, we give her a bit of a bell and you get to uh, ask her questions about her fascinating, interesting life. But unfortunately, she's not home because uh, in Las Vegas time, it's Saturday night. Saturday night in Las Vegas and your name's Sinatra. You don't hang home and, you know, wait for a phone call from Maynard. You go out. So we're going to try and catch up with her later in the show. Someone who is home and probably waiting for our phone call right now. She's probably having a munch on a Rivita biscuit or something. It's Kate Sobrano. She's waiting for us to give her a ring. And Anthony Morgan, too. We'll be talking to him a little bit later. He's uh, got some comedy action going on for him in Melbourne. We'll be talking to him about that. Crappy new releases will be along. And Warren Coleman, who directed the production of The Real Live Brady Bunch in Australia, he's been recruited for the American production of The Real Live Brady Bunch, and he's directing some episodes for them in Washington. We'll give him a ring a little bit later. Richard Kingsmore will be along. And, of course, we'll be asking you to get their goat. Now, basically, what we're going to ask you is to think of a person, any person, preferably one that we all know, and think of the question that would most annoy them. Now, the examples I have been using is myself. You'd ask, gee, Maynard, what's your favourite heavy metal record? Or even better question for me, Maynard, which do you think is Whitney Houston's best single? Now, either of those questions would annoy me a lot. We're looking for those sort of questions like that to get people's goat. Questions that are really going to irritate people. Coming up a bit later in the show. And I mentioned we had Kingmaker there to start of the show, a UK band with a very strange uh, sort of clothes doing that Queen Jane. Let's get moving on to... Well, someone else with some strange clothes. Very strange clothes. Victory is his, and the future of New York City, both literally and figuratively, will be in great part his to shape in the next four years. Today. First up for the mayor elect, 
some question about whether his narrow victory margin will make it tougher to pull New York City together. New York, New York, it is the best. New York, New York, forget the rest. New York, New York, they say it's cool. New York, New York, don't call me fool. New York, New York, what you say? New York, New York, have a nice day. New York, New York, they say it's tough. New York, New York, but I like it, I like it. Nice house. The clams. REM. Arrested Development. Simply Red. The Grateful Dead. The music. Music. Definitely to music. Triple J. Triple J. Triple J, of course. Watch it. 
Prohibition with Soul Survivor. Watching all the people. And before that, New York, New York from Echo Homo, Ollie Olsen. Having a go there. It's uh, 18 minutes after 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Fever. Good afternoon, Maynard here. Got a letter here. And this is not just any letter from uh, Desmond Winchester of uh, Wattle Avenue Royal Park in Adelaide. Quite a quite an address you got there, uh, Desmond. Tried to give Desmond a ring. He wasn't home. He's out having fun this afternoon on Sunday afternoon fever. Oh, fair enough. Now, what we actually... He sent me a cassette with this letter. So, dear Maynard, please find an exceedingly cheap audio cassette with three interesting uh, 45 RPM recordings. He had some stuff, which was a promo record for a movie called Dr. Goldfoot and the Girl Bombs. We'll be hearing a bit of that uh, later in the show. He also had a uh, Test Your Stereo record, which he sent on there as well. You know, had the left and right channels and a very sort of proper man. If your left channel sounds like this, get a new stereo. He had that sort of record. But this is the one that really got me started. I have heard of this record before. I've heard it around, but I've never had a cassette recording of it, particularly to play to air. It's a bunch of dogs that bark in tune. Now, how the guy gets the dogs to bark, I don't know. He doesn't, does he give them a foot up the kyber? I'm not sure. Now, this is an old record, so it's pre-sampling day, so these dogs are not being sampled on a synthesizer, okay? There was an album out a little while, I think, called Beetle Barkers, which actually used dogs on synthesizer being sampled. But what we've got here is real dogs barking. Now, whether he points to them or whether they just bark on cue, I don't know. Let's have a listen to the Barking Dog cassette sent to us by Desmond Winchester of Waddle Avenue Royal Park, Adelaide. Thanks a lot, Desmond. Listen for the dogs right at the beginning. The audience goes berserk when the dogs come in, and then you listen to the dogs tuning up just before they go into their rendition of Jingle Bells. Let's all share a very special moment. just hunger for Christmas, doesn't it? If not for her friend Kitty 
Just a little spot in history that shows the other side of me. Not just an ant on a roadmap, not just another soul in a city. It's a soul friend, as a matter of fact. Pen and paper make contact. Another space, another place in time. Fourth dimensions in my mind. Yeah. You know your secret, secret, secret. Can we talk? My girlfriend's living in New York. She's living a thousand miles away, and I can't stand it another day. I'll tell you how I feel, just as long as you don't reveal. This memorandum on and on for days, transformed in a little every way. You know your secret, secret, secret. Gotta write it down or tear me apart. Tell you how I feel. As long as you don't feel so friend, as a matter of fact, pen and paper will make come back. Another space, another place in time. Won't the mention in my mind. Come on, secret, secret, secret. Secrets, secrets, of course, uh, from the truth. And we'll have some secrets being spilled at around about 3 o'clock when Lance and the Hollywood Kids come in. Oh, yeah, he's got some big gossip for us this week. And speaking of secrets, the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre at the University of New South Wales in Sydney, uh, they're conducting a bit of a research on speed because what they've been doing is over the last couple of years they've been... No, they're not going to give you speed. No, 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 no. What it is, what they've found out so far, the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre are currently running a study on how people use speed and why they choose to use it a certain way. Now, a few of the findings that they've found out about drug users so far, about two-thirds of regular speed users started out snorting, but have changed to injecting. Ugh. And about 10% of the people that they've interviewed have changed from injecting back to snorting. Now, they want to know exactly what's going on out there, so public health patterns and all that sort of thing. Now, speed users also appear to be very sexually horny people, with about half having three or more sexual partners in the last six months. So, if you're a, a speed user, we're talking amphetamines, drugs relating to the amphetamine family, don't ring Triple J, okay? We don't want to know your speed problems. The people who do are the people at the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre. So, if you are a speed user, and I think we're even talking casual speed users here, I think you can ring them. Oh, hang on. Gee, Anne-Marie, thanks for pointing that out. You actually also get paid 
for being part of the study. Now, it's not much. It's only 20 bucks, but apparently the questionnaire and everything only takes about 45 minutes, and it's all completely anonymous and confidential. If you live in Liverpool or Campbelltown or the Northern Beaches, hang on, is this, this, this area keeps getting bigger, Anne-Marie. Okay, hang on. It's Liverpool or Campbelltown in Sydney or the Northern Beaches, North Shore. Is there anywhere else I've left out? No, nah, that's all it says here. Liverpool, Campbelltown, Northern Beaches, North Shore, and you're a speed user and you'd like to talk about this in confidentiality and anonymity to some researchers from the National Drug and Alcohol Research Centre. You're probably sort of still speeding a bit now, so you've probably taken in everything I've said there quite quickly and you can write this number down very fast at the actual coal face of drug taking. 398 tomorrow between 9 and 5. Give him a ring. Earn 20 bucks. See what it's all about. For the new U2 album, it's our feature album all this week here on Triple J. Zeropa, he's numb. It's a great film clip. Features Sonny Bono sticking his tongue in the edge's ear.
singing like that, they probably never will find it either. That's a German drag act, uh, Baldessarts. Well, I say drag act, one of them's very bad drag on the front cover, and it's from an album called, roughly translated, I think it means, Not On My Father You Don't. Doesn't want to found what I'm looking for. Baldessarts, all the way from Austria, and was released locally, and somehow that just didn't, they didn't have room on Zeropa, they just couldn't fit that track on there. And we heard Numb, which is the first single off that. We're going to be talking to Kate Soprano fairly shortly. She's been on the, on the phone. Get off the phone, Kate, we want to talk to you. And uh, warm us up for Kate, here's Incognito on the Talking Loud label and Colibri. You're on Triple J, Sunday Afternoon Fever. Hello.
Ahoy Calibri, which is a track from Incognito from their album Tribes, Vibes and Scribes. It's time to prick up your ears, Perth listeners, right now, because uh, we'd like you to join in our talkback in a little while, which is Getting Their Goat. We want you to do is think of a person, perhaps one we all know, and then think of a question you can ask them to most irritate them and get their goat in one question. It's a pretty easy thing. Perth listeners, give us a ring now if you think you can do that on 008 021 060. That's Perth only now, 008 021 060. Remember this golden classic. She's classic, very classic, extremely classic. Swinging radio. On Swinging Sunday Afternoon Fever, I'd like to make welcome Kate Sobrano. Hello, Maynard. Hi, Kate. Yeah, you're on the mobile phone. Where are you? I am. Sorry. But where are you? Well, I'm in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne in my uh, in my hometown. Just kind of hanging out, really. And, and you actually wouldn't believe this, but I'm sitting in a sauna. You're sitting in a, you are in a sauna, right? Okay. How many people are in the sauna with you, Kate? No, no, it's just I, it's just myself. I've been doing a bit of a um a cleansing program. I'm trying to give up smoking. Now, is that difficult for you? Well, I did it cold turkey about two months ago, and I've just been kind of running and sweating to kind of get all the crap out of my chest. You know, we'll see how it goes. I'll tell you in a few months how I've gone, but uh, I'm determined to give up. All this junk coming out of you. <laughs> now, now, Kate, you're in the sauna there, sweating it out there. Now, this smoking thing, if you give up smoking, is that going to make your voice lower or higher or something? Well, it um, notoriously makes it higher to start. It's a bit of a, a weird thing. It sort of unsettles all of your placement of the voice because, you know, you get used to having to talk through a cloud of mucus most of the time. <laughs> well, actually, sometimes I listen through a cloud of mucus too. It makes the music sound really good. Yes, actually. It kind of gives it that lovely sort of embellishment. But no, I, I, I think it makes it a lot sharper and a lot brighter and you've got to kind of readjust your vocal cords. Now, you're about to ping off overseas and we'll talk about that in a minute. But before you go, you're doing a mini tour. Well, it's not really a tour. I'm just doing some gigs up at the Harbourside in Sydney. Well, I thought you are doing some Melbourne gigs as well. And I'm doing the club. That's right. I'm doing the club on the uh, 23rd, I think, and 24th. You probably know better than I, but I think it's around that. Isn't that a mini tour? Oh, I guess you could classify it as that, but it seems to sound like uh, it's so official when you put it under the auspices of a tour. That's right. Yeah, Kate Sobrano. On uh, tour. Uh, on tour over Victoria and New South yeah, Wales, New South 1993. Wales. Yeah, it'd look yeah. good on the back of a leather jacket or something. <laughs> You're calling it folk funk. What's this all about? It's just that I've noticed because of my history of having confused people all the time about what is she going to be doing this time, I've gone to um, hinting at the kind of style of music being performed. Folk funk, it's just a sort of word, I think, it classifies the music I've been writing lately, and I like the word, so... So you're going to be doing some funky versions of some Seekers tunes, Georgie Girl, perhaps? Well, yeah, actually, that's not a bad call. It's a very good call indeed, mate, and I'll keep that under my hat. Keep that. I gave the idea it could be good B-side, yeah. Kate. Okay. Look, I'll play something from you and get back to you in a minute. Can the phone take much more in the sauna there? Can we get a few more minutes with you? Yeah, bloody yeah. Okay, well, look, I've got two songs I'm going to play. I'm going to play... I could play something from the first live Septet album, or I could play something from Brave first up. Which one do you want for First. Um, no, 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 no. I'll go for the sex septet because that's like a, an old trip down memory lane. Okay, right, yeah. Well, I'll play the song and I'm sure you'll know it. We'll talk about it when we come back in a minute with Kate Sobrano here on Sunday Afternoon Fever on Triple J. Bye. I never gave much for moon in skies. I never saw rainbows in my life. But now that the stars are in your eyes I'm beginning to see the light I never went in for afterglow A candlelight burning on a mistletoe But now that you've turned the lights down low I'm beginning to see the 
Kate Sobrano and her Septet Live. Wowee! I'm beginning to see the light. And who originally did that, Kate? God, there's been so many people who've done it over the years. But, you know, it just, it just occurred to me, you know when you record live and say you're sitting in a quiet lounge and listening to your tracks back, the thing that really shits me most is that applause at the end. Why is that? Well, it kind of... It sort of wakes you up into present time. I, I got lost in it for a little minute there, and then it just kind of goes, ah, and you go, ah! Joe Jackson recorded his live album, uh, and he didn't allow anyone to clap. Oh, you're kidding. Now, remember that? I forget the album. It, was, it had Jet Set on it and had that singles on it. Really? It was, a, oh. it was a triple album, and he said, you can clap, but not until we've finished recording. So they must have had the loudest applause in the world by the time they'd oh, done yeah. a triple album. Oh, so, yeah, don't get me wrong. It's not that I don't appreciate the applause, but it certainly does wake you up at an end of the track. <laughs> Even if you're in a sauna, we're speaking to Kate Sobrano live in a sauna. While you're on hold, then, and we're listening to that, we just had a phone call from uh, Jose at IMS Music. Do you know Jose at all, Kate? Jose from IMS Music. Yeah. Well, right now, I could be in a sauna delusion. I mean, I, I actually doesn't come to mind. Oh, it's okay. Now, you might not know him, but the reason Jose rang is that he just told us that the Your Brave album has only just been released in Argentina. You're kidding. And apparently it's doing really, really well. Now, how Jose knows this, I mean, IMS Music have probably got spies everywhere. That's why. So there you go. Brave oh, silly. Well, thank you, Jose, for telling me that, because that's, that's always good to know that you'll be performing music that you recorded about 10 years. <laughs> yeah, in, in Argentina. In you, Argentina. You, yeah, you and ABBA, both big in Argentina. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky to Duran Duran were never big there, so you've got to jump on them already, Kate. What's coming up in the future for you? You're jetting off to New York fairly shortly. Yeah, well, I was working over there about just after Jesus Christ Superstar finished. I stayed over there for about three months working with Fred Maher, who you might have recalled. We'd worked with with I'm Talking. Ah, yeah. He's a drummer from Squiddy Politi, and he's produced Blue Reed and Cole... What's his name? Cole Porter? No, 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 the one that does all those words in his songs. What's his name? No, no, anyway, it all comes to me, okay? And I've been working with him on a production writing arrangement, and I'm just going back over there to do that now. So what sort of songs are you doing? Is it going to be more like the last album, or are you going in a completely different direction? Well, we're trying to embrace all of the areas of music 
that I've either been involved in or had an interest in, that to somehow develop a, I imagine, a sound that's possibly mine <laughs> for the first time. I don't know. Whenever I listen to your stuff, it sounds like pretty Kate Sobrano-y to me. Your brother Phil has a big influence on the stuff, yeah. from what I can tell. But, I mean, are you going to take him across too? Yeah, he'll be coming around. He's going to be your bodyguard in New York. No, no, no. He's a very demure, he's a quiet chap, Phil Sobrano. Well, what's he's a very shy... <laughs> shy? <laughs> shy. Hi, everybody, I'm Phil! No yeah. way, he's not shy. No, actually, he's going to be working on his fame material before he leaves. He's going to meet me over there in a couple of months, I think. So have a bit of sibling rivalry going on over there, will we? Oh, yeah. Great. He's going to make a better pop star than I. You think so? Oh, he's such an arrogant bum. That <laughs> perfect. Me, me, fabulous me. Everyone listen, get off. It could be the Australia's answer to Billy Idol. Oh, absolutely. Which is the thing you've been the happiest with the most that you've done? Like, was the, la- the last album had a lot of trouble getting radio airplay. Sure, we played it on Triple Roger. Public radio gave it a go, but the commercials pretty ignored it, didn't they? Yeah, uh, I don't really have a reason for why that happened in my mind. I can only say that sometimes people get superstitious about second albums because they have either much to live up to or if you've changed your style somewhat, you might have alienated people. Oh, who knows? Sometimes it just might have to do with that year. I don't have any real reason for why that wouldn't have worked as well as Brave, but it hasn't put me off at all. In fact, it's it's sort of incited me to kind of get more prolific with my own writing and recording. You finished the uh, the difficult second album, you're on to the difficult third album now. Oh, this Mm. one's really exciting. This is thrilling. Hey, have you got a title for the album you're going to go work on? Folk Funk was the album name. That's what I had picked up in my head. Now, you may be able to test. We'll talk to one another in about six months down the track hmm. and we'll come back and we'll just compare notes. Remind me. I always thought like, good names for albums are things you find on bottles like like Keep Out of Reach of Children. That's a great name for an album. Yeah, it's not bad. A, a Chair in My Lounge Room. Just things like that. I like ones like that. Yeah, yeah. In fact, when are you going to be recording your next album? Oh, I don't know. I, I did a compilation for Sony and 500 people bought it so I figured I've done it so I don't have to worry about it now. Well, you are a legend. I, yes, yes. I'm a legend as for selling 500 copies. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And my producer, Anne-Marie, has really been getting into one of your songs lately. She's found an old cast single of it and she's been driving around in a car singing along to it. Young Boys Are My Weakness. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she really liked it. Can I just say, why do you really like you it so much? You sounded so you're surprised. Hey, pardon? You sounded surprised. I said, oh, it's not that's a bad song. Do you remember the Commodore's version of it? Well, that's the thing. I've, I've only ever heard the Commodore's version once or twice, but I sort of prefer yours one because you sort of spit it out a bit more. There's a bit too in the slow groove one. Yours moves along a bit faster, which is why I like it. Oh, and I quite like the feminist aspects to it as well. What the role reversal and everything, you know. Yeah, 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 you're rediscovering it. Why do you like this song, Amory? What is it? I'm just uh, doing a bit of audience research for you. Why, here, Kate. why do I like this song? Yeah, now I'm asking my producer, Amory, why she likes it, why she should suddenly oh. start singing it a couple of years later. <laughs> I, I, it's a horrible stage you get to when you get into your mid-twenties, when you suddenly realise that you're growing old. In fact, you're classified as an older woman. Focus the new breed of these young beauties. Are you going to have time for young beauties when you're in New York and do some cruising or not? No, no, I'm a spoken for woman these days. Sorry, I didn't know that, Kate. I haven't been reading enough gossip columns on no, you. No, that's okay. We keep it kind of low, you know. Yeah, so, yeah, you're always pretty good at like keeping relationships out of the limelight. How do you do that, Kate? I don't know, really. I mean, did you have dinners in quiet places? Do you go where the paparazzi don't go? How do you keep your relationships no, out of the public? I just don't down? think I'm one of those sort of celebrities that people like to photograph or hassle. I don't know. I think when I think there's a definite division between my public and performing life and my private life. 
I appreciate it too. It's, I think it's just like a, an assumption that I'm just like one of them, which is really good. Kate, I think it's time to bring your public and your private life together here. We'll play Young Boys Your Weakness right. <laughs> uh, from the album Brave. Good luck with the new album, possibly called Folk Funk. We'll check back with you on six months and see if the title's still the same. Yeah. Have a great time in New York. I'm going to be there in August too. Oh, really? Yeah, and like, and I'll give you management a ring and maybe we can get that, that album being done interview in yeah. the studio or something. Look, give us a call, Maynard, and I'll take you to some really slashing spots. Gee, that's good because I don't know any. I'm glad to meet someone who does. Kate Zabrano, thanks for talking to us here on Sunday Afternoon Fever. Why don't you introduce this for us and I'll whack it straight on. Okay, this is my song. Well, it was. It does seem like a million years ago. Young boys are my weakness. Thanks, Kate. Bye. Kate Soprano, live from the sauna.
who named themselves after an Argentinian butterfly that bites, strangely enough. That's twice I've mentioned Argentina in the last ten minutes there. Mm, heavy weather traffic. OK, we've got Lance coming up. Lance and Hollywood Kids are coming up next as soon as we hear from Voice of the Beehive working with Jimmy Somerville. Hi, this is Tracy from Voice of the Beehive. This is Melissa from Voice of the Beehive. And Woody from Voice of the Beehive. And you're listening to Maynard on Triple J.
Yeah, Jimmy, doing the high bits, the girls doing the low bits. Voice of the Beehive with uh, Jimmy Somerville, Gimme Shoulder, an old Rolling Stone song put together uh, to help for homeless in England and available on import. Okay, if there's something you want to know about something that they didn't want you to know, now's the time as we bring in land. Okay, pop stars, let's load the pooper scoopers, dig the dirt and empty the trash cans because there's a whole heap of scuttlebutt coming in from Lance and the Hollywood Kids, the Gossip Kings. I'm feeling so sexy because we've got Lance on the phone. Lance, who's been having sex? Sex, sex in Hollywood. Speaking of sex, Maynard, there's a new sex club here in Hollywood that's being whispered about. Let me tell you about it. It's called Oh Boys. Oh Boys. Just the letter O and then B-O-Y-S exclamation point. Oh, boys. So we talk. O stands for orgies. And it's an underground safe sex gay club where only you go to the door and you have to fill out a questionnaire and they only let in, like, perfect, young, hunky men. No body fat, no aging lectures or anything like that. I mean, so, I mean, would you and me get in, Lance? Yeah, of course we would. We're gods. But the thing is, uh, a source told us that when they went last week, there were a few guys, you know, you have to take your clothes off, Maynard, to get in. Underpants or complete nudity? Everything. However, there were a few guys walking around, our source said, with black masks over their face. Ah. And we said, well, why do they get to wear masks and everybody else doesn't? And they said, well, the people with masks are celebrities. Oh, yeah, sure. So everyone's just going to wear a mask and say, oh, I'm Luke Perry. No, they never say who they are. They just go around and have fun and don't reveal their identity. I reckon just normal people wearing masks just to yank everyone's chain. Well, according to our source, no, no, no. Oh, anyway, I, oh. speaking of hot sex, I guess it's being made right now as we speak with Julia Roberts and Lyle Lovett. What's going on? Well, a week ago, we told you Julia wasn't seeing anybody, and then, boom, all of a sudden, she's walking down the aisle with Mr. Lyle. Why so fast? And why him, everyone's asking. Well, apparently they met uh, a year and a half ago on the set of The Player, Robert Altman movie, which Lyle made his acting debut in. That movie's all about you, Lance. Of course it is, but they didn't even put us in the movie, those dirty rats. Hey, I saw you in Sliver, Lance. I saw you in Sliver. Did you for a second? I did. You get the whole screen, you lucky bugger. And you didn't blink. You saw me. <laughs> it was so funny. There you were going. Yeah, that movie was funny. I'll admit it. Ah, oh, that, that was a great bit, Lance. Anyway, continue on. Let's see. Lyle and Julia got married, but no one really knew. No one, I'm telling you, knew they were dating. However, the recent episode involves Lyle and his security people because I guess a magazine photographer was on stage that night just to take pictures of Lyle in concert, and I guess Julia Roberts came out in her wedding dress and said, Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce my husband, Lyle Lovett. So the photographer took pictures of Lyle and Julia on stage together, but when he started to walk out of the concert, uh, Lyle's security people uh, cornered him and uh, confiscated seven rolls of film. And he sued yesterday, and now the judge says that uh, Lyle and his henchmen have to give back the film. I mean, you walk out on stage, I mean, fair enough. That's that's, that's exactly what the judge said, Maynard. Lance, what else has been going on in Hollywood? Who's been spooking who? Well, another lawsuit. Uh, the other day, uh, I don't know if you heard if this rumor got down to you guys about Whitney Houston overdosing on diet pills. Diet Pepsi? Diet Pepsi, yes, that's more like it, but... Uh, I guess somebody was watching Valley of the Dolls too long, and they said, well, let's make a rumor about Whitney, because I guess she's been uh, 
photographed in the tabloids recently. She was in Hawaii with Bobby Brown, her <clears throat> husband, and they were um, in bathing suits, and I guess Whitney's still a little thunder-thighs after the baby, so somebody started a rumor that she overdosed on diet pills, and yesterday she sued for $60 million, and the reporter, the gossip columnist, came out publicly and said they were sorry, but she, Whitney says, no way, Jose, I want my $60 million bucks. Well, they made the whole thing up, uh, Whitney and her beard. Written in her beard, yes, and we're not talking facial hair, are we, man? <laughs> no, that's for sure, Lance. Look, let's take a break and we'll be back with more. All the gossip from Lance in sexy Hollywood.
Lance, Lance! I'm going to bring you down, Maynard. There was a near riot at Disneyland last week. What happens? It seems that PM Dawn was singing at Disneyland. Some idiot booked PM Dawn into Disneyland. Now, PM Dawn in America are mega heavy and popular. They've just done a new single with Boy George. Correct. Well, they are so popular here, and of course, Disneyland's quite small, and the stage is even smaller, and so they were singing, and there were thousands of kids that came to see them, and of course, some members of PM Dawn said, oh, screw security, everybody, come on down to the stage. And of course, all the kids were like, ah! and there was like a herd of elephants, and so the security at Disneyland got on stage and told PM Dawn to go home. The concert was over, and then the kids went berserk again when they were told that the party was over. And, ah! It was almost another near riot. What did they do? What, did they go up and pull the ears off Snow White? My gosh, you'd think it was something serious. But you know Disneyland, they're very, very hypersensitive. How about we snip you a guess who? Don't sue. Ooh, no, no star spottings this week, hey? No one's been active oh, around... Oh, well, let's see here. I know you get cranky <clears throat> if you don't get your star spot. Oh, we just like one or two. We just want to see who's been buying jeans, who's bought petrol. Okay, Anthony Kiedis from the Chili Peppers, without a shirt on, going into the new chain store here in Hollywood called For Pets Only. And he was buying his doggy a bone. Our girlfriend who saw him said she was right behind him in line, and she was just like oozing. And she, like, moved in so close behind him while he was paying, she said she sniffed his armpit. And what did it smell like? She was in heaven for a week, Maynard. Ooh, ooh. Under the bridge, under the armpit, Lance, yes? <laughs> Do you remember Dolph Lundgren? Dolph Lundgren, yeah, blonde, Adonis, blue-eyed, I'll punch you, watch out kind of guy. Yeah, that big action hero. He was coming out of the dome on the Sunset Strip, and, like, five girls screeched on their brakes in the car, made an illegal U-turn in Sunset, pulled up, went over the curb with their car, put the car emergency brake on, and all five girls, like, jumped out of the car, crawled through the windows, and started jumping him, asking for his autograph to take pictures. Obviously, out-of-towners, Maynard. You Hollywood people don't behave like that. You go, oh, there's that Dolph guy. No, we dish and we go, oh, look at him. He's not so big. What is big is the guess who? Don't sue. Hit us with it, Lance. What bubblegum teen singer recently gave a concert in New York and only sold 108 tickets, Maynard, and a record company had to give away 300 comp tickets so it would look sold out? Thank you, Lance and the Hollywood Kids. We'll sell out next week with you. Dig you later. Hello, Maynard.
What's the use in trying? If all my senses ain't no place to exist for you What's the use in holding out my arms? I couldn't find reasons if I tried to What's the use in floating? If all it does is tell you someone's under you What's the use in being if I learn To be neglectful to all the things That mean the most and most of you But I can hear me say More than likely I'm the one you're living for If I find out I am Then I'll finally understand What's the use in pouring out my heart into situations I could cry through? Oh, what's the use in closing all the doors that let the loving into you? What's the use of loving if I learn not to feel anything at all? Even if it means the most to you That can hear me say More than like oh, me I'm the one you're living for If you find out I am Then I'll finally understand What I say More than like me I'm the one you're living for I'm you're living for Even if you find That I'm transcending most of my mind song I was talking about with Lance PM Dawn featuring Boy George more than likely on Triple J's 26 minutes after 3 o'clock and Lance wasn't he full of poop today well someone who's not full of poop but they're full of a lot of information about Doctor Who is uh, Simon Moore we're going to be talking to him in just a second the music it's very different like you know that's where you hear mostly like the really different kind of bands yeah you play with individuals like not just the top 40 or something like that that's that's good music 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 for sure Triple J Triple J <laughs> definitely Triple J 
Aretha, Aretha. If I had my pants on backwards, I'd change them. Swingin' Radio. Oh, Swingin' Radio. We'd like to welcome Simon Moore. Hiya, Simon. How are you? Hi, I'm well. Thank you, Maynard. Oh, yeah, you're well and loud and busy. That's good. Now, you aren't in a sauna too, are you? I beg your pardon. You, well, Kate Sobrano was in a sauna when we spoke to her. You aren't in a sauna, no, are you? No, I'm, I'm just sitting at home all by myself. Oh, gee, lonely Simon Moore. Very lonely at the moment. Oh, but you're a pretty busy guy because you're preparing for the Whovention 2. Yes, uh, that's happening this coming weekend, in fact, at uh, the Waratahrin in Parramatta. Do you get people from all over Australia heading for this Doctor Who convention? There's people from Melbourne and Brisbane. I think there's someone from Perth as well, but I'm not sure. Wow, all those Doctor Who fans are coming through. Now, it's a special one. It's the 30th anniversary. It was 30 years ago in uh, November 1963, in fact, the day after Kennedy got assassinated, that uh, Doctor Who started. Oh, what? oh, they probably started to cheer everybody up a bit. Yeah, well, mm, probably. I don't know whether it cheered many people up there. Oh, look, now, because it got kicking off there, and, like, how many Doctors have there been? Uh, there have been seven Doctors that have, like, played the role on television, but apparently... I think someone told me once that there were like like almost 30 that were like stunt doubles and that sort of stuff. So it was <laughs> quite, you know, odd, really. It's always good to, when you have a, a sci-fi convention, like you have a Star Trek one, you get someone yeah. from the show along. Who have you got from the show this year? We've got uh, a, a lovely lady by the name of Mary Tam, who we've uh, flown out from uh, from Britain. Now, she played uh, Romana. Some of you may remember Romana. She, she went with uh, Tom Baker's Doctor to search for the key to time in the late 70s, and that was all very exciting and thrilling. So she'll actually be out here and, like, talking about us. Now, uh, there was, I think I remember talking to you, and were there two Romanas, were there? Yeah, there were two. Uh, the second one, the second Romana, like the one with the blonde hair, some of you may remember, she uh, she was the one who married Tom Baker in the end of the day. Ooh. Unfortunately, uh, this Romana didn't rem- marry Tom Baker. It's close enough. She, her name was <laughs> yeah, Romana. She, she's... The key to time, that was one where they had, like, all these different episodes. They were looking for bits and pieces of a crystal, and they whacked it together and stuck it up something, and they got time back, didn't they? Well, I think they just got a big white special effect. I'm not sure oh, what they got at of all. Of course, I think. they got a big white special effect. And uh, will you have pictures of the actual abandoned quarries where most of Doctor Who was shot? Yes, we've got lots of those. Lot, lots and lots of those. Do you have, like, uh, dress-up competitions? I mean, what sort of stuff goes on there during the day? Well, because uh, we've got, like, uh, Mary coming from overseas, and we'll also have, like, Katie Manning and uh, Mark Strickson, who played two other companions. They actually live in Australia, and they'll be coming along as well. Oh, Katie well, will be there. Yeah, I've, I've seen her. Yes, you've met Katie Manning. Well, she's, very, she's very nice. Well, 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 she's a friend of Barry Cross. So I sometimes see you with Barry. Yes, uh, they appeared in Educating Rita. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's pretty funny. So you can ask her about that. So there you go. A double. You can find out about Doctor Who and Barry Crocker. <laughs> and Barry way. Crocker. And apparently she's good friends with the Dugs as well. All oh, right, that's yeah. She has had uh, intimate knowledge of the Dugs, so you can ask her questions about that. And yeah. do, you, do you have quizzes and stuff? Is there any? Contest oh, I think I think there'll be at least one or two quizzes going on there to make sure that you know. Somebody knows something about Doctor Who or something. Now, now people have a bit of an idea that like Doctor Who fans might be a bit loopy, a bit nutty, a bit crazy. Stay Just right, a bit loopy, yeah. Stay right away from them. But what is the average sort of Doctor Who fan like who comes to your conventions like? Oh, five foot eight, I think, is the average. I wouldn't know. Five? <laughs> There's all sorts of uh, people. You get, like, some really widow nutcakes, I guess. But you also get some... Uh, you get, like, I think the youngest member of the club's, like, eight or seven or something, and they go right up to, like, 80 and that sort of stuff. The good thing about Doctor Who is it, like, appeals to anybody and everybody. And, like, can you sing the theme a bit for us, Simon? I think you could do it so oh, much yeah. better. Dum, 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 yeah, I think, I think dum, I'll give you the nine out of ten. I think, I think if... Uh, 
if uh, you you came along to the convention, you you know you'd win any every any competition like that. At and all. How, do, how do people contact you to get along to the zoo convention? Because there's people out there just knock on the doors down, driving their Volkswagens into brick walls to beat this thing. Yeah, well, all they've got to do is come along to the Waitara Inn, which is on the Great Western Highway in Parramatta, on Friday afternoon from four o'clock, or all day Saturday, or all day Sunday. This thing will be on, and it's thirty five dollars for a day, or ten dollars for Friday night, or or and it's sixty five dollars if you want to come to the whole thing. It's best if you ring the hotel on Friday, and that number's uh, 893-9833. Okay. That's a Sydney number. Well, look, good luck finding the key to time there. Were you ever a Leonard Nimoy fan? Oh, uh, yeah, I like the Next Generation series better than the original series. I mean, I but I mean, the, the, the series what's your really opinion, opinion on Leonard Nimoy? Um, was he a uh, you know, dynamite actor or just big ham? He's good. He was okay. I mean, uh, he appeared in... Booker T or, or Hooker LJ, whatever that song series was. He was in something like that, but I've got a song here by a group called Freaky Realistic, all about him. Really? Yeah, I'll play it for you right now. Have a good time with the Who Convention, Okay, Simon. we will. See you later. Simon Moore on Triple Bye. J. Bye. Sunday afternoon fever, call me Leonard Nimoy, please.
Anthony Morgan's on the line in Melbourne. We'll be talking to him in just a tickety pop. But she got there. Gloria again. Never can say goodbye. I played that last night. I had a great night in the club. Hey, we've got some people listening on a chairlift in Tasmania. Hello, Bronwyn. Hello, Bronwyn. Hello, Scott. Hello. Hello, Maynard. How are you? Now, where exactly in Tasmania are you? We're at Launceston's Basin Chairlift, which is the longest single chairlift span in the world. Oh, good. I'm glad you know that. I can hear the motor motor going in the background. What can you see from where you are? Look, it's just fantastic. There's this wonderful gorge and this lake and lots of rocks with moss on it and children playing beneath us. It's wonderful. Bromman's a person who looks after all the money for Triple J and apparently she's run away with it and has escaped to Tasmania and you're spending it all on a chairlift ride. That's right. I just keep going round and round, Maynard. I can't get off. I'll never be able to afford tapes again. Okay, well, have a good time up there and don't fall off. Okay, bye. Bye. Triple J staff having a great time. I'd like to make welcome. He's sort of in our Melbourne studios. It's Big Anthony Morgan. (laughs) 
Anthony, how are you? Good, thanks, mate. How are you? I'm pretty good. Hey, you've been a bit quiet for a while on the comedy scene. I haven't seen your name anywhere. I haven't been... Wo- I've dropped out. You dropped out? Now, why you dropped out? What have you been up to? Oh, just an old hippie, I think, Maynard. I don't know. Last time I saw you was at the Adelaide Comedy Festival. Oh, I won a prize there. Well, what did you... A prize for best brick thrown at a sign? Uh, no, that was Mark throwing bricks, oh, I think. All right. OK, what did you win the prize for? You're funniest guy in the world. Yeah, I don't know. Most in need of a piece of perspex with his name on it. What did you do with it? Tell me, I mean, it's not often we get awards like this, particularly comedians. I mean, what do you do with it when you get one? I put it in the shed. Oh, right, so it's propping up a bicycle, isn't it, or something? <laughs> yeah. You're back on the comedy circuit. You're doing a bit of work. About once a month you're doing gigs. When's your next one coming up, Anthony? Later on this month at the Palais, hopefully, that, that, in St Kilda. That's a big one. That's a big venue. Oh, yeah, but it's a beautiful venue. Now, I've, I've seen you at the Universal. You even did a bit of some funny gags at the Planetarium once as well. Yeah, I can't remember what year that was. I've put that out of my mind. Oh, right, you've, you've done some pretty strange venues in the time. You've... Cut back on the comedy a bit there, because you said you're a bit of an old hippie. Does that mean you're furiously working on material at home, so when you do come out, it's even funnier? Yeah, once a month I do a completely new show, but I dropped out. I just I ended up, Maynard, going to comedy gigs and sitting around before I went on thinking that I just didn't want to be there. No, the feeling sometimes. I think it might be a function of growing old, but I just see all those young people with so much energy enjoying themselves. So, so this like has the, the problem, if you don't do the, the work there, there's the problem with the income there. So how do you fix that up, Anthony? What do, what do you do when you're not doing the comedy to get the money together? Uh, well, we practice being poor quite a bit. Takes a bit of practice sometimes, doesn't it? Well, we had a lot of practice when we were young and stupid and thought it was a political statement. So um, <laughs> now we just be poor. Sometimes I make furniture. And what sort of material have you been working on other than like a, a nice chaise lounge? What have you been working on for the next show? For the next show, I'm working on a, on a huge theatrical experience with a marching band. As far as I know, you normally appear on stage alone. So will you be doing all members of the band yourself? Uh, no, I'm going to try and get a band in with me because, as you say, it's a big theatre and I think you need a few bodies to fill it out. What marching band have you got on the shortlist at the moment? Well, the Salvation Army have worked with painters and dockers quite a bit, and they're pretty good, but I know the uh, Essendon Police Marching Band is pretty good. They've got a grounding in comedy too. Their knock-knock jokes are killers. <laughs> they are. Knock-knock. Who's there? Smash, you're under arrest. Yeah, it, I'm sorry. I don't want to give, give it away, but how do you perform comedy with a marching band? Well, I'm not quite sure yet. I haven't finished writing it. So you just thought, I'll just put the band on stage and we'll take it from there. Oh, no, I don't want the band on stage. I don't think there'd be enough room for me and a band <laughs> on stage. I'll put the band in the audience. Oh, of course, that makes sense. So even if not many people turn up, it's pretty busy. Exactly. I like your style there. And as the band go around, it can be empty and then crowded just for a little bit and then off they go again. Anthony, I'm looking forward to this. Have you got a date for this or is it just pencilled in on your calendar somewhere? It's just pencilled in late in July at the moment. So how will Melbourne people know that it's on, or are you keeping it a bit of a secret? Uh, it's a secret at the moment in case I can't organise it. <laughs> Melbourne people will know because uh, I think I'll go on the telly and announce it. Oh. I'll put a poster up at the pub. Keep an eye out for Anthony Morgan and his mystery marching band. You said that you don't like to travel far from St Kilda either lately. I don't like to leave St Kilda at all if I can help it. Why is that? I mean, what you, you might even cross uh, Albert Park. You might even go to Albert Park. Oh, especially not to Albert Park. There's a bunch of uppity people living there at the moment. (laughs) I've just found a little place in St Kilda where I know just about everybody and they all know me and when I'm an idiot, they say, well, that's just part of him and when they're stupid, I say, well, I just understand that. And you're less likely to get arrested in St Kilda. That's right. Anthony Morgan, good luck at the at the Palais when you get the marching band up there. Thanks, man. And I hope it goes well. We'll let people know when we find out when you know yourself, Anthony. Well, I'll let you know when I know. Anthony Morgan, he knows everything, and when he knows, you'll know too. Hey-ho.
by Rosanna the Assassin from San Unlimited Posse, the world in a rapper. What you are witnessing is real. The participants are not actors. Stay with the fun. Oh, swinging like that on Triple J. We've got a bit of a spy who's got a big scoop for us here on Sunday Afternoon Fever. It's Kevin. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Good, mate. How are you? Kevin, now, you normally work for the Star, in- Star Observer? Yeah, the Star Observer in Sydney. I'd say the Star Inquirer, not <laughs> I wish. Yeah, you wish. You've got a scoop on a new uh, television show that's coming to Australia tomorrow, and no one from Channel 10 even bothered to ring and tell us. I don't even think they knew themselves. Yeah, well, it's, hard. Well, it's in the big, big breakfast, and only four people watched that, so I guess one of those four wasn't anyone from the publicity staff at Channel 10. But what, <laughs> what is starting tomorrow? Ren Stimpy! Ren and Stimpy. Now, of course, the big chorus comes up. Who the fist are Ren and Stimpy? Would you like to explain it, Kevin? It's oh, like The Simpsons on acid. It's a cat and a chihuahua. A big fat cat and a, a neurotic chihuahua. And I, it's, it's the big cartoon hit. And it's like itchy and scratchy, isn't it? A bit like that. Yeah, but it's probably more I'm about as violent. They're not as violent, but they're just kind of strange. And one of the ca- one of the characters yells a lot, and the other one just winces a lot. Hey, do you want to hear them talk, Maynard? Yeah, well, have you got a tape of them, have no, you? No, I've got the talking Ren and the talking Stimpy doll. One of each of the dolls, have you? Yep. This is what you could expect. To- what time's it on, by the way? Well, it doesn't say it. In the advanced schedule, it just says from 7 till 8.30, Big Breakfast includes X-Men, Ren and Stimpy, and Garfield the cat. Oh, gee. Oh, well, the X-Men's all right. No, but I, you know, I could do it, do it out that. Oh, maybe Garfield will be on early or something. It's on tomorrow morning. Okay, this is what they sound like. Okay. Pull your dolls, Kevin. Okay, this is Ren, the chihuahua. He said, you fat, bloated idiot. Okay, okay, let's try Stimpy. Stimpy says this. Oh, joy, oh, joy. <laughs> There's a fighting Ren and a fighting Stimpy as well. well. Have you got them as well? Yeah, and this is what they sound like. Okay. Well, they are cartoon characters, so they haven't got a lot of gas in them, I imagine. You, you want to give that one a go again? Go. Oh, okay, because I've only got the chihuahua, and he's only got a little belly, but uh, the cat farts better. But okay, this is the chihuahua. 
That was Ran. That's I, great. I, I haven't got Fighting Stimpy. A lot of kids are going to want that for Christmas, I can tell. Hey, really made my producer, Ramry, go up there. <laughs> I can hear but, a lot. No, no, no. She, every time someone cuts the cheese, she really laughs. Let me tell you. <laughs> so you'll be, uh, you'll be taping that? Will you be up live watching that one, Kevin? I'll be up live. I'm not missing that for the world. Channel 10 around Australia. Check out Red and Stimpy. I know Angie from Frente is a big fan of them. She had a Red and Stimpy party a couple of weeks ago, so someone should ring and tell Angie that they're on live tomorrow morning on Channel 10 sometime during the Big Breakfast. Kevin, look, thanks for giving us a scoop there, and thanks for playing your farting dolls for us here (laughs) on the radio. I haven't got the Red and Stimpy theme. What's the theme like? Is it any good? You can only hear it on the Game Boy. I can play it for you if you want on the Game Boy. Have you got the theme on the Game Boy? Yeah. Well? Have you got it close to you? Play a song and come back. We'll play Magilla Gorilla in lieu of that in just a second. We're back with a theme played on a toy. We're very strange here. And, of course, there's a connection with that because Sam the Butcher used to do the voice. He used to do the voice for McGilla. The big Brady Bunch gossip is that uh, it's what was this? Is this the Inquirer? Yes, National Inquirer, of course. Brady Bunch star ditches husband because my horoscope told me to. Susan Olsen, who was Cindy in the Brady Bunch, dumped her husband because her horoscope told her to. Shock, horror. Hey, Kevin. Yeah. Okay, Kevin. Now, you've got the Ren and Stimpy theme going on the Game Boy. Let, let it rip. All right. Batman thing. That's all. What's the object of the Ren and Stimpy game? What are you supposed I to do with that? Um, they're in space, and it's like 2001. Stimpy goes outside to fix something, and no, Ren goes outside, and Stimpy lets him loose, and he's floating through space. And you've got to get through the spaceship to, to get to the portal and let him back in. Ooh. But it's really hard. I keep getting out. I only get to, I haven't been through stage one yet. Oh, well, what you need is an action replay cheat cart like I've got. <laughs> I'll tell you about that off the, off the air. We're doing a feature on that in a couple of weeks' time. I'll talk to you later, Kevin. Okay, thanks, man. Okay, Bye. Get Ren and Stimpy, Channel 10, tomorrow morning. It'll probably be the only successful show they have. You got the wrong Sinatra. Yeah, what's up?
see from the lexicon of love lexicon which is greek for dictionary apparently uh, that's what i read when i looked it up when i bought the album back in 1980 whatever it is it was the first big hit of that i want to talk to perth listeners now i want to have a bit of a prick in the ear of the perth listeners because hang on no 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 sorry we just changed our mind we don't like perth anymore it's adelaide and darwin perth are the ones that are two hours behind adelaide and darwin are the ones that are half hours behind why can't we get a new country that hasn't got different time zones think of this one what we'd like to ask you is do you know some questions that would get on people's goats now a few examples we've got here is you think of a person and you think of a question that would really annoy them. For example, you might see Simon Day from Ratcat out somewhere and you'd go up to Simon Day and you'd say, how do you feel about being a sex symbol? Because he would hate being asked that question. That's a question that would get his go. And now Adelaide and Darwin listeners, we'd like to know yours. Give us a ring. 008 021 060 Adelaide and Darwin. Tell us how to get our goat. You heard me now. Our phone number is 008 021 060. 008 021 060. Call now. It's Adelaide or Darwin only. Yeah. 
Like it's clearly the new single from Deborah Harry here on Triple J, where we play all the new stuff first. Oh, I'm just sort of surrounded by CDs. I've got a bit of a mess here. Just, and before that was Vincent Stone with Sunshine, of course. 12 minutes after 4 o'clock on Sunday Afternoon Fever. Maynard here driving the funky bus of Triple J through the red lights and just going forward in a big way. Now, if you want to get on Deborah Harry's goat and go for a bit of a ride, a good way to get on Deborah Harry's goat would be to ask her. Go up to her and say, are you Blondie? Because she hates that. Because she wasn't Blondie, of course. She's Deborah Harry. She's always been Deborah Harry. Just she was in the group Blondie, and she hates it when she is called Blondie. That's a good example for her next time you see. If you want to get your face slapped, that's a good thing to say to Deborah Harry. The music just. We had a letter from a listener in Perth who wanted to hear this because it all had all about Freddie Mercury in it. So that's for Julie Adams. Imagine how you'd feel being the doctor who helped Mrs. Hitler give birth. Imagine how you'd feel getting on a plane to London And you only got as far as Perth oh, that'd be a bummer Imagine how you'd feel if your parents moved to Texas And joined the Ku Klux Klan You'd just have to put some arsenic within their soup With the help of your lover who's from Sudan It's funny how things fall the fits in the long run Life is things the Parthenon and me
Jackson on Triple J. A song that he started writing the day Freddie Mercury died called The Sphinx, The Parthenon and Me. And it's all in there too. That was for uh, Julie Adams who wrote into me there from uh, Elizabeth in South Australia. Thanks a lot, Julie. Speaking of Freddie, he's just about the last thing he ever did. Triple J. And next we'll be talking to Warren Coleman in Washington. Freddie Mercury, 
on the Freddie Mercury album, and let's turn it on. Here at 20 minutes after 4 o'clock, Warren Coleman is currently touring America with the Real Live Brady Bunch. He's an Australian director directing an American show for Americans. We've exported Warren Coleman. We're going to talk to him in just a second in Washington. The Clash. Baby Animals. Ice House. Faith No More. Painters and Dockers. Hot House Flowers are good. Mainly just you two, you two, yeah. you two. Music. The music. Music. <laughs> Triple J. It's our Washington correspondent, Warren Call Me, Mr. Brady Coleman. Hi, Maynard. How are you, Warren? Hey, how's things in Washington? Have you seen Willard doing the weather yet? No, I haven't actually seen him do the weather, but I did actually see uh, President Bill Clinton. Hey, you've seen the big fella. What was he up to? Well, he and uh, Chelsea and uh, his good wife Hillary went up to see the Phantom of the Opera last night and they're performing at the Kennedy Centre uh, by the Potomac opposite the Watergate building, which is also where the real live Brady Bunch happens to be on in the same building. And uh, so there's a lot of security around. We, we couldn't walk around too uh, freely around the building as we normally used to because the President's police were there everywhere because we, we were wondering why he was so late. We were imagining he was backstage, you know, putting on the cape and the half mask and doing all the bits from the show for the cast and giving them all amused with his merry gags. So what do he look like? Do you look a bit tired? It looks like he's got a really good haircut and I must say that Chelsea's hair looked pretty good. Too. How is the real live Brady Bunch going anyway? Is, like, is Big Bill going to pop in on it? Well, we're hoping that Chelsea will come. We have invited her. In fact, Jan Brady has written her a special letter asking her if she'd like to come and see us and then maybe we could go over and visit her groovy house too. And what show are you doing by, for the Brady Bunch in there? Which episode are you doing? Well, right now we're doing Time to Change and uh, next Monday we start Oh My Nose. Now, of course, how does the American cast, I mean, they've lived with the Brady Bunch even longer than Australians have. How does the American cast go doing it? Well, they, they're pretty good, mate. Of course, it means you, I don't have to give so many accent notes as I might have when I was doing the show in Australia, but they're really pretty. Uh, they're pretty hot, they're pretty funny, they're pretty fabulous. In fact, if, uh, you know, tomorrow morning uh, at 10 a.m., we're all getting up, we're going down to the CNN affiliate here because we're going to be on CNN. They're going to be interviewing Alice, Jan, and Marsha, Donna Kelly, and Bob Kane of uh, CNN fame. We'll be interviewing them tomorrow morning, and so uh, people from Iceland, Saudi Arabia, and New Zealand, and in fact, even Australia, if we're in selected hotels, will be able to see the real life Brady Much cast that I'm working with on CNN tomorrow. And how do they handle you like this this upstart Australian director coming over. You're not even American, Warren. That's right, man. I keep looking at me and saying, now, what did that guy say again? He's the guy with a really weird foreign accent. They think I sound like I'm some kind of South African or English guy. You know, they can't really work. Australian's not an accent that they're used to hearing there because, you know, the only Australians they ever hear are Mel Gibson and Judy Davis. And let's face it, they don't sound like me, mate, do they? Thank goodness. They're going, they're going pretty well. We're having a pretty top time. We've got a commercial that runs on TV over here. and It was on the very last David Letterman show that had like six million viewers nationwide. We had our commercial on. A lot of people saw it. And the show's going like a beauty. It's going like a bomb. It's doing really well. And uh, we finish here in a couple of weeks' time. We move on to uh, Atlanta. And then we go to Tampa in Florida and then we go to Detroit. We might play the tune from time to change now. You think you want to hear the one where voice breaks? Exactly. I must hear that. Peter voice is, is the one who breaks, of course, in time to change. And believe me, when it cracks, the whole world cracks along with it. Let's face it, it's a special relationship between many people in the Brady Bunch and I think it's the way the world should be. I introduce this tune for us right now. Warren, who's directing the Brady Bunch for Australia and America. Listen to this from the big CD. It's a sunshine day. Check it out. Peter Brady, who really knows it's time to change. We're the Brady family. Autumn turns to winter, and then winter turns to spring. It's not just the season to know it goes for everything. You gotta take a lesson from Mother Nature And if you do, you'll know When it's time to change Then it's time to change Don't fight the tide, come along for the ride Don't you see? When it's time to change You've got to rearrange Who you are and what you're gonna be 
it's hard to see the changes you've been through. A little bit of living, a little bit of growing, all adds up to you. Every boy's a man inside, a girl's a woman too. And if you want to reach your destiny, here's what you've got to do. When it's time to change. Brady Bunn said, time to change. Yes, Peter's voice cracked in a big way. As you know, we have something Peter special Brady now. down here at Birdland this evening. A recording for Blue Note Records. Ooh. Dip trip, flip Fantasia, ow. 
stomp and grind It is good for your mind And you can twist and shout Let it all hang out But you won't fool The children of the revolution No, you won't fool The children of the revolution No, no, no In the falling rain I drive a Rolls Royce Cause it's good for my voice But you won't fool The children of the revolution No, you won't fool The children of the revolution No, no, no from the UK. Children of the Revolution is just gone, just after 4.30 here on Sunday Afternoon Fever on Triple J. Hope you're enjoying your Triple J afternoon this afternoon. Make ah, a big stretch. Hey, we must ring the guy who won me, because remember how we had the big day in a little while ago? The guy who won me, I got his address somewhere. Some guy in Brisbane has actually won me the night. <laughs> Lucky guy. Anyway, that would really get my goat if, uh, some, if I won myself for the night. I'd be really annoyed. And what we're going to talk about now is getting people's goats. We want a question that would irritate someone of your choice that would irritate them the most. And now's the chance for everyone to give us a ring here. Numbers 008 I'll give you an example of a few questions that could get people's goats. For example, Eden Gaha from Vidit, you could say, is it true that you date Georgie Parker? These are things that would get on their various goats. So give us a ring if you've got someone you know who you think you'd have a question that irritate them and get on their goat. You know the number, 008 Give us a ring now. You heard Maynard. Our phone number is 008 0802106 Call now. That's right. Put that cat down, give us a ring, and tell us how to get on their goat.
Oh, good piano run there. And uh, died pretty there before that with uh, mm, this reason. Oh, if you want to get on the goat of uh, anyone in the Cruel Sea, you'd ask Tex Perkins. Just go to Tex Perkins and say, hey, are you Nick Cave? That'd certainly get on his goat in a big way. anne has been screening the calls. And if we had one decent call, anne they've either been not funny or they've been uh, just too off to put to air. Uh, Isabel and Jeremy, are they okay? Are they... Nah. Now she's pulling her face up in a big way. I don't think this segment's going to work. I don't think our listeners are up to it, actually. I mean, if I've been able to think of six, we must have a listener out there that can think of one. Double O eight O two one O six O. Give us a go.
Texagogo from Candy Dolpha. Uh, 20 minutes away from 5 o'clock. And good news, the callers have picked up, they've lifted their game a little bit there. Anne-Marie's been nodding a bit, getting their goat this afternoon. Online to Damien in Liverpool. Wow, all the way from England. Hi, Damien, how are you? <laughs> Not bad, mate. Uh, which Liverpool are you in? Uh, the one from west of Sydney. Oh, of that one. What have you got there for us? Juicy. It's a bit of a backstabber. You <laughs> could ask... Tim Finn, perhaps on a, an ARIA Awards night, you could ask Tim Finn if he is the backup singer for Neil Finn's band. Mm, that'd get his goat. Good <laughs> question there, Damien. We've got uh, Jeremy in Sydney. Hi, Jeremy. Yep. Jeremy, what's your question to get their goat? Oh, uh, well, my question to get their goat is anyone who's got a mobile phone, you ask them, uh, can I have a look at that? It really gets my goat. I've got one. And another one is, can I call my mother? Or how much money do you make from selling drugs? <laughs> so basically, anybody with a mobile phone, they're immediately suspected to be a drug oh, user. Oh, yeah, all the time at work. I'm not really a drug dealer or anything like that. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Debbie there. Hello, Debbie in Victoria. Yes? Was that your baby singing? Yes, she's having a bath. So you're in the bathroom? No, no, I'm in the kitchen. You're giving her a bath in the sink? No, on the floor. You must be making a hell of a mess. Hey, Debbie, what's your question to get their goat? I was just wondering if Cher's face really is dropping or whether she's just <laughs> eating an apple. Are you eating an apple or is that your real face? <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Debbie. Questions to get their goat. You should never trust anyone with a mobile phone because they probably are a drug dealer. And here's a salt and some ping. You think you're very nice. You think you're nice as much as you think. Sultans of Ping FC grooving away there in a big way. Now we've got uh, Amory's been fighting the phones once again. She always struggles away with the phones because we get so many calls when this sort of thing goes on. Hi Matthew, how are you? Good, Maynard. How are you? Pretty good. Now what's yours, Matthew? What do you, what do you reckon is a good question to get someone's goat? Well, living in Victoria and being sort of a political animal, I thought 
I'd ask Jeff Kennett if he actually enjoys living in Victoria. <laughs> That's not a bad question, and he probably wouldn't have a good answer for you either. No, uh, he could pass it off to the Labor guy who was a, a backup singer for the Monkees or something. Are you sure he was? I think so. I, I think actually, I saw I... him in the rerun. You're on Sunday Afternoon Fever. Oh, my God. I didn't know my dad was making records. Choppers from the Headless Chickens from the album Body Blow. And they had a New Zealand special on Rage last night. All his New Zealand bands were on. I actually got to see a split end song called Late Last Night that I'd never seen before. Really liked it. And then I fell asleep. 
I've got Chris Isaac coming up here from his album San Francisco Days, and I was actually lucky enough to get a few Chris Isaac posters. And I know there's a lot of Chris Isaac fans out there. He's particularly popular among certain sections of the female community, Chris Isaac is. I think it's the haircut, I think. It's basically a poster of the front cover of his new album. Got about six of them. If you want to write into here, Maynard here at Triple J, the Chris Isaac big poster giveaway, you know, write something stupid on the front of the envelope and send it to Maynard here at Triple J. I'll post you one, okay? We've only got six. So basically, if you don't post a letter today, forget it. You probably won't get it. P.O. Box 994, care of your capital city. Isaac from San Francisco does. You've got a big poster, Chris, just right in here to me here at Triple J. I've only got six. Okay, so you've got to be fast on this one, and we'll fix you right up. Who've we got on the phone here? Hello, what's your name? The guy on the mobile phone. Hello? Hello? Yeah, you, what's your name? Man, I'm not on a mobile phone, I'm in a phone box. Oh, you're in a phone box? I like Yeah, I'm, I'm waiting at the Hopin to see Ratcat. All oh, right, oh, so you're just, just patiently waiting to see Ratcat. Even a few roadies gone inside it. Is the band set up yet? Yeah, just Ugly buggers. Okay, yeah, they always are, aren't they? Mm. So maybe I could get a job as a roadie one of these days. Now, we've been uh, talking this afternoon about Get My Goat. You're the very, very last call, but this is because you actually I'm went... the very, very best call. You, you went up to someone and actually did ask them a question to get their goat and had an interesting response. Away you go. Okay, I was at um, a festival in Melbourne last summer, just after Kate Sobrano's last album flopped, the big one, and I went up to her and said, hi, how are you going? And she said, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I said, oh, oh how are you enjoying being a... Um, a failed pop star. Oh, she had a big chunk of watermelon in her hand and she threatened to stuff it up my bum. So are you still walking funny? Yeah, but it was the best one I've had in ages. Kate Sabrana, fun with a phone booth and watermelon. We'll be back in a minute and we'll invite Adelaide and Darwin. Let's just get into Maynard's Mastermind. We've just got to think of a question. Give us a minute. Here's the hollow man.
So long in someone else's yard. Yeah, dropping in, doing a bit of snow dropping. It's four minutes after five o'clock here on Triple J. And look, Adelaide and Darwin listeners, here's a question for you if you want to get involved in Maynard's Mastermind today. We've got some big prizes. Uh, the major prize uh, today, oh, we've got a Mark Armin video, 12 Years of Tears, recorded live at the Albert Hall. We've got that to give away. Chris Isaac posted if you really want that. And what else we got? Any other stuff? Anything good coming this week, Amory? A hat. Oh, Triple J cap. Oh, we ain't got Ratcat shorts, Brady Mania book. We've got the Ukrainian CD and a Weird Al album as well. Here's a question for Adelaide and Darwin listeners. How much... Now, this is when I was speaking to Lance. At about three o'clock, I spoke to Lance. How much is Whitney Houston suing a journalist for? <laughs> Name that amount of money that she's suing for, and you can find yourself on Maynard's Mastermind. That's right now, we've got to get into crappy new releases. Talk about crappy... I can't believe how bad... Triple J. Corgis, a big song from 1980. It was a big song at the time. It was number one in Australia. Everybody's got to learn sometime. Well, one thing they didn't learn was that they should never remix this song. Listen to this.
Hey, here's a quick crap in your releases quiz. Who's doing this next tune? Here's a clue. He's dead. You guessed it, it's Benny Hill doing New York rap from his latest album, The Best of Benny Hill. It's surprisingly long, it's got 16 songs on it, including that great number from the show, Yakety Sax. Could we just have a little bit of that before I finish? Wow, just hearing that music makes me want to run around an open field with my pants down chasing a bald guy. That could only prove the world is a crappy place. Oh, Benny Hill, my God, how it bumps. Thank you, Dora. Thanks to the Bulgarian State Radio and Television Female Choir, which gave us at last this typical Balkanic dance, more human, more true. A more sincere dance. <laughs> for sure, nobody gives something for nothing, and they asked us in exchange for Ramaya, the international hit, but I must admit uh, that this was worth it. It was worth it! Pipero. Hey, guys! This Italo-Bulgarian Pipero dance is really pumping! I can't remember a hit like this since the days of the Bay City Rollers. Maybe you crazy. What? You don't remember Ramaya. What is Ramaya? Ramaya, tinga tinga tinga, girgi pelile. Ramaya. Ah, Ramaya, okay. Maybe you're right. But listen to the beat of the Pipero. 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 Okay, let's sing in Italian now. Repeat with me, più mano, più vero. Più mano, più vero. È un ballo straniero. Qui l'atmosfera sa di pipero. Se in discoteca balli u pipero, pipero. Very good, now only. Very good. Pompa. Pompa. My God, how it pumps. If I give you Disco Inferno instead of Ramaya. I give you Kung Fu Fighting. I give you Ali Shuffle. Okay, take your Ramaya and go. Ramaya, 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 Rama
are the mysterious voices of Bulgaria from their album From Bulgaria with Love with Piparo. Oh my god, how it pumps. And it'll be pumping tomorrow night on Triple J. Fresh off their national tour for Triple J, Tumbleweed bring their Marshall stacks in to blow you away for Live at the Wireless. Tumbleweed playing loud, long-haired and live at the wireless. This Monday night at 8 on Triple J. from Custard oh, from their CD Brisbane good hometown sort of name for it too I've got a couple of announcements to make here from the Maynard uh, community announcements file one from myself one from the ABC oh no I'll do mine first um, I'm going to be doing a bit of a goofing off tonight in fact I'm doing a uh, I'm volunteering my services to Theatre Sports uh, Jenny Hope who is directing Theatre Sports this season of uh, Theatre Sports at the Belvoir Street Theatre in uh, Sydney has decided that uh, she would like myself 
and Norman May and Damien Keogh, the Olympic basketball player. What a selection of people. An Olympic basketball player, Norman May and me. We will be holding up the numbers. That'll be going on tonight. And Theatre Sports kicks off for a new season this Sunday and every Sunday after that. So get along if you want to see some people who are reasonably good on stage panicking. Also from the ABC, they've said Maynard read this or you get the sack. Absolutely fabulous start Monday and it is absolutely fabulous so I got advanced copies of it and had a look at two episodes it's going to be uh, Camp Classics we've got that Jennifer Saunders of French and Saunders fame she is uh, the star of it she's got a daughter who's a very new age kind of daughter and the tension between the two of them around the house is pretty incredible and her mother's a big drinker and a few funny drunken scenes in it it's pretty funny it's all about fashion designing and all the things that go wrong absolutely fabulous tomorrow night at 9.30 on the ABC give it a look please because if the ratings go up they'll probably slip me 10 bucks in my next pay written by St. Jennifer Saunders and Joanna Lum now we know who Joanna Lumley is, don't we? Played Purdy in the New Avengers. Was that Joanna Lumley? Yeah. Got it in one. Well, how's that for trivia? Maynard's Mastermind coming fairly shortly, but not before we have a chat to Richard Kingsmill, who's coming up after this. Here's Richard Kingsmill's favourite song. Dire Straits make music like that. Anyway, that was for Fred Gwynn there, who's gone to Big Munsterland in the sky. Uh, 66 died yesterday. Fred Gwynn, no, day before. Oh, well, it doesn't matter to him really what day, does it? Really, anyway. He thought, Fred Gwynn, salute to you. I think we should let Richard Kingsmill in. For the best live music in Sydney tonight, call 0055 20111. And for around 55 cents a minute, we'll give you the rundown. That's 0055 20111 for the Triple J Gig Guide from FM 105.7. Oh, for once in my life, I've got someone who'll goose me. <laughs> and the person who'll goose me is Richard Kingsville. Triple J. It's a weekend special. Richard Kingsville. He's not on your buddy TV, is he? Only on a Sunday, Richard Kingsville, the king of the radio. Yes! <laughs> That's great to have you here, Big Richard. What a snappy dresser you are, Maynard. I know, I'm just wearing a bit of a suit and a tie because I'm a hell of a groovy guy. I thought, let's get out there among the people, wear a tie, look like a politician, get spat on. I love it. You did it just because I was coming in, didn't you? I know, I thought, let's dress up for Richard. What have you got for us today? American band from Chicago, a three-piece called Urge Overkill. Ever heard of them? I've seen the UO stickers around a lot of it, yeah. God, they've been sending them in by the truckload. They're up everywhere around the station. Fancy dresses, aren't they? Snappy, they're all wearing the same thing. They've got a riding jacket with a, a black lapel on it and they're very unisex they're very unisex looking band yeah, they all get their hair cut at the same place in the past they've covered uh, Glenn Campbell songs hot chocolate songs but this album is full of uh, their own songs oh what a letdown <laughs> I was just building you up there and the album's called Saturation this one play this one because it's a bit of a different sound for Urge Overkill and I'll tell you why after we hear it it's a great track it's especially for all the losers in our society oh hands up me Happened to you, make you feel that way. 
No, not with that tie on. Oh. I have to preface, every time we do a spot, I have to say that Willard isn't on that piece of music that you just heard. Well, he should be. I know. You've enhanced it once again, Maynard. You've I know. Made it, you've made it even better than what it was. I hope so. Urge Overkill from their album Saturation, and that's one of the songs you'll find on it. And just quickly, a bit of a different sound for the band because they've worked with a bunch called the Butcher Brothers. The Butcher Brothers? Now, are they related to the Bellamy Brothers or the Gibb Brothers? Very closely. but The, the Allen Brothers? Very closely, but they're also just hip-hop producers. Hip-hop out of here, Richard King's not King Dong.
on maynard.com.au.